0: Cyberspace, the final frontier. These are the voyages of your new business enterprise. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new domains. To seek out new sites and new monetizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Webmasterradio.fm So logical. You'll go out of your Vulcan mind webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host.
2: Welcome to this special edition of AdTech Connect. Everyone at AdTech is happy to report that AdTech New York 2006 was again a success. Here on today's program, we're going to highlight some of the interviews that were conducted on the AdTech trade show floor with WebmasterRadio.fm's roving reporters. And now we showcase AdTech New York 2006 on this special edition of AdTech Connect. Ghost to ghost and worldwide.
1: Webmasterradio.fm presents the best in trade show coverage from
3: around
2: the planet.
1: Now, Webmaster Radio.fm, the official radio station for AdTech, presents live coverage from the show floor at AdTech. We now bring you an AdTech spotlight.
4: Sponsored by Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Spread buzz throughout the blogosphere and kickstart your viral marketing campaign at PaperPost.com. Revolution. From the trade show floor, here's our roving reporter.
5: Hi, this is Brandi Shapiro-Babin, and I am sitting in the illustrious speaker lounge at AdTech New York, and I'm very happy to have with me uh, the new chairperson for all of the AdTech conferences, Drew Iani. Welcome, Drew.
6: Hi, thanks for having me.
5: This is terrific. So, this is uh, we're, we're at the 11th hour yes. at your very first show where you've taken the helm. Let's play word association for a moment. What for, What comes to mind? Uh, exhausted. Okay. Exhausted? Is there like an exhilarated exhausted in there? Uh, absolutely.
6: Um, very satisfied. Very satisfied. Um, never, never perfect, of course, and always things to improve, but by and large, um, the feedback that I've gotten from everybody that it's from exhibitors to speakers to just attendees is that it's been a fantastic show. Um, you know, we're a little squeezed in here, but um, I think that's a good problem to have. So, um, looking forward to the ten ad tech shows next year around the world. You know? you know,
5: I have to say, you 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 do you look you look fantastic after working as hard as you have. You know, I think our listeners want to know. It's not the good lighting. It's, I'm in here. It's yellow lights. It doesn't make anyone look good. He looks good. I, on the other hand. We won't mention. But I want I want to talk a little bit about. I mean, this is a this is such a profound position to be in. I mean, AdTech has come to this point where you've had record numbers. From what I understand, it you know you exceeded eleven thousand in pre-registration. Do we know what the total numbers were yet?
6: Um, pre-registration total is about 12,750. Um, total attendance for the delegates. the conference uh, is uh, just short of thirteen hundred. both of those are our records for ad tech and um, we 're sitting here wondering what are we going to do next year because we think it's it 's going to grow again next year. It could grow by ten or twenty percent next year, and what do we do
5: Absolutely, because it was it was for for those of you that weren 't here it was bursting at the seams you had everything from brands and agencies and newbies i mean it was really a, a collective whole of, of the world that ad tech represents but i want to know personally i'm a little all over the place today um i want to know what did it feel like to get up on the stage on the very first day taking the helm uh
6: it was exciting it's uh, it's been a little while since i've been in, on a stage in front of that many people i'm um, still so always a little nervous i guess um you know it was as much i was i was really focused on on asking david the right questions and and making sure that david felt comfortable and that you know we that we had a good session and that the audience would get something of value from um, from the interview. I, you know, the thing that's always interesting about getting up there like that is you really never know how it's going, how the audience is sort of, you know, reading the whole thing. Um, and, and are they engaged in all these types of things? It's very hard because the lights are bright and, you know, the room's generally pretty silent and, you know, they're listening to the conversation. So um, as you're, uh, you have to sort of focus on being engaging with the questions and having a conversation with him and not thinking about everything else that's going on around you. But, I mean, it felt great. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, once you sort of slide into it, then you feel comfortable and, um, you know, there's going to be many more of those to come. So, um, you know, it was it was a thrill, sure. I mean, it's, it was a thrill, but, I, you know, I... It, it, I don't really care that much really about the stage time and all that for me personally. It's really, I want to make sure that the session goes really well and that the audience says, that was a great keynote and that they'll trust our programming decisions in the future and they see someone as a keynote and they're going to say, oh, they're always good. So I want to, I want to go.
5: And I'm just making this about you because I know how concerned you are to bring on the best speakers and make it the most well-rounded program, which is awesome. But I mean, but it's, but this is your first time. So I think that's great. And I think it sounds wonderful. You had the opportunity to like, you, you were in the moment. Yeah. which is very hard for people to do like be in the moment. So what what is uh, are you, are you going to bring in any changes to adtech? How are you going to put your own personal stamp on adtech? Yeah, I think um
6: it's the changes, I think, will be will be minor. Um, I think it's an issue where you have a very strong brand. You just need to keep tweaking your brand. I mean, if the rest of our business is innovating and they have to change and stay on top of things to stay fresh and relevant, then so do we. Um, so it's not just you know staying on top of the trends and making sure that we're talking about it. It's like, what can we do differently to make this more interesting? Can we do more workshop-style sessions that are more interactive and more personal? Uh, I think we need to bring in, particularly on the keynotes, we need to bring Speakers a little bit out of left field. It's great when we have speakers from our field, and we will continue to do that. But you know, maybe some more people from government, some some authors, the the, the higher level authors. You know, um, you know, maybe even people like a like a Jay Z. Could we get a Jay Z here? And you know, not just because he has great brand marquee value, but you know, Jay Z at an Antec, I mean, that would be phenomenal. And you know, why? Well, because he knows how to reach young people, and he knows how to reach young people through a variety of mediums and things like that. He's very in tune to you know to that demographic. And you know, this is the end of the day as a marketing conference you know it's not just about internet marketing it's it's about marketing so as we position ad tech as the intersection of marketing and technology it's not just about talking about digital marketing it's talking about how marketing is changing period I'd rather you say in three years that ad tech is the premier marketing conference not the premier digital marketing conference. So, you know, bringing in people, um, that typically haven't come to AdTech and you'd be like, wow, that person's speaking in AdTech. tech. So, I, you know, you, we have a good thing going, so you don't want to screw with it too much. You just want to stay fresh and innovative. So I, I wouldn't say any major changes. We have to decide about the location. That's probably the biggest thing I, you know, whether we'll be back here next year or not.
5: I definitely have my opinion, but we can have that conversation <laughs> offline. But, but I think that's great. And I think that makes a lot of sense because you can learn, you know, from from people who are outside of the box. And you can learn from, you know, maybe government, be able to elicit information um, from a specific industry and, and deploy it in your own world, because sometimes we do live in a space where we can't see the forest or the trees.
6: I think also maybe more international speakers in the United States. Um, in other shows, the shows in the emerging markets for us, they like international speakers. They like speakers from the U.S. to come, show the best case studies, things like that. And we really don't do that here. We don't um, focus on particular regions or we just don't get international speakers to show what's happening in other countries. And I think we need to do a little bit more of that. I think in in San Francisco, we are certainly going to have a session on Asia Pacific and what's happening because I was just there and we're going to bring some people out from China and Japan and Australia and Korea and, and find out what's going on out there because they're doing some very interesting things. And, you know, by and large, when all you're hearing is about is American Case studies, you know, it, it's good to get a different perspective. Um, so maybe more focus on you know specific verticals. You know, we had a pharma verticals going on. A, you know, sort of the pharmaceutical business and what's happening there is going on right now. But you know, travel, you know, financial services, you know, things like that. Um, you know, digging a little deeper on these types of things instead of just you know. There's four sessions on search. You know, maybe we take it down to three sessions on search, and we we stick in a vertical on financial services. So, you know, those types of minor types of of, of tweaking decisions. But I don't think you're going to see any fundamental um, changes to ad tech. I mean, why would we do that? This this is the largest show in our history, and we'll probably grow again in a big way next year. So, um, I would rather not. You know, sort of screw with the model that, that seems to be working pretty well.
5: Yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, because you definitely have big, big shoes to fill because, you know, Susan Bratton uh, has an impeccable reputation, has done a great job at, you know, holding the gauntlet. But I feel very confident, obviously, as does everyone else, because I've been taking a litmus test behind your back. And, uh, you know, everyone, you've done a fabulous job here. And I think the ideas that you have in taking the core competencies of ad tech and then, uh, you know, really expanding it across the board. So, yes, it, it does represent. The entire marketing space. I love the idea with Jay Z, whether it's Jay Z or somebody else, yeah. so that you know what? Yeah, you try children. That age group is one of the most important groups to start marketing towards. Aside from the fact they grow up yeah, well, to I, us. I mean,
6: I'd like to, you know, get a panel of. I'd, I'd put seven or eight teenagers up on a panel, and just get someone to, not necessarily me, but someone who's pretty trained and asking them those types of, you know, just talk to me about your day. You know, I mean, the ultimate focus group, you know, I mean, we all talk about we get up and we listen to all these speakers tell us what's going on, you know, and well, you know, l- let's let's go to the source. So, you know, can we do those types of things? Um, and I'm open to suggestions. That's why I gave my email address out. It's drew at dash tech dot com. I give it out, and oddly enough, people don't write. So I'm encouraging people to write. This is the third conference I've given my email out. People go, "You're crazy to do that," and I think I've gotten a total of two emails in three conferences. So you know, I, I really want people to write, and because it, it's impossible to read minds. The only way I can find out for sure what people are thinking and what they want to see is they need to tell us. So um, you know, I, I strongly encourage it. Uh, send me an email. Talk to any of us on the show floor around here anytime. Um, we want to know what you're thinking.
5: Good for you. Well, we've just had a wonderful conversation with Drew Ayani, the incoming chair for AdTech, all of the AdTech conferences. And you know what? He is keeping his finger on the pulse of what's happening and making sure to bring you to the heartbeat of the marketing world. This is Brandi Shapiro-Babin, live from the Speaker Lounge at AdTech.
1: Live coverage from the show floor at
5: AdTech. From
1: webmasterradio.fm, the official radio station for AdTech.
4: Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat-fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low-cost top-ten exposure for For less less than $4 a month month month. from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the isedn.org
1: Google AdSense How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night it was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com AdSense now. google.com AdSense.
5: I just got a little uh, IM that said, keep my energy up. So every so often I'll just scream something out. <laughs>
3: okay, well, let me know if you want me to scream back.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, I guess there's a happy medium I have to find. <laughs> Maybe I should have a cocktail before the show starts. Well, that's an idea. And advise my guests
4: to do the same. (laughs) Get Totally Hooked on The Hook with Katie Kepner. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream, webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around, webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to AdTech Connect,
4: only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome
2: back to AdTech Connect. Thank you for joining us. We now return you to highlights from AdTech New York 2006.
1: Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host.
6: AdTech on the AdTech show floor uh, finally made it up here after a crazy two days. Twelve thousand five hundred attendees, uh, three hundred thirty exhibitors. I'm here with uh, our usual AdTech friend Evan Newfeld, who uh, just got out of his session and has been
8: wandering around the show floor. It's election day, Evan. Did you vote? Uh, No, I have not voted yet, but I've got my block working. My mother-in-law is in Virginia. She's going down there fighting for Webb, and I I pray for a Democratic takeover of all possible open seats.
6: So so how do you really feel?
8: How do I really feel? I'm a little, little biased. But, you know, part of the Democratic process is, you know, government works for the people, and when they don't like it, they get to change it up. So,
6: I'm in agreement with you, and I very rarely wear my political stripes, so we're almost two full days through into ad tech. You, you, it seems
8: like several years, I have to tell you. It's the <laughs> stuff here. It's incredible.
6: It seems like several years. It's uh, it's it's been an amazing two days so far. Um, any you know before we start talking about maybe some individual sessions or or people that you talk to, what's sort of your your top line? Just sort of you know take on all of this. It feels like 1998 again, doesn't it?
8: It's interesting. It feels like 1998 with a difference. In that, I always used to say back in the old days, like talking about online advertising is trying to sell someone a car and explain the benefits of driving at the same time, right? We've moved past that now. So it's a mature business. People understand it. They're putting money behind it. And in that case, it's really, it's a revelation to kind of see this type of buzz and excitement and people talking and understanding the business at such, you know, this place is crowded, man. There's a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of opportunities here. One thing that I think is kind of interesting to compare with the older days is it seems almost like it's a slightly more mature business. And on some level, I find that a little sad. In the sense that, you know, it is established business practices. We have big companies here. I've been focusing a lot on kind of the emerging track, and there's some interesting stuff there, but it seems like, you know, Internet... Interactive advertising is such a big business now, I do wonder how exciting it still is to a certain extent. Yeah, and
6: it's interesting you talk about longing for the days of irrational exuberance, and I, you know, remember when we were at Jupiter together down in that loft on Broadway, and the exciting thing about that, even though the business models might have been a little suspect, you truly had people, whether it was, you know, that bright-eyed kind of thing, that really were walking in and felt like they were changing the world. It was, it was a little more holistic, wasn't it?
8: And it's also the notion of, to be really clear, the fundamental underpinnings of the business models were correct. The assumptions about consumers, dude, 1996, I told p and I was like, TV, dead! Okay, now I was maybe three or four years off, but the point was we understood that the, flip, the switch was flipping with consumers and they were radically going to change. The whole thing about untethered media was a color to that. So I feel, you know, when you talk about Web 1.0, Web 2.0, to my mind, the main difference, and I will agree with a lot of academics and pontificators here, is just that... Web 2.0 is Web 1.0 with business models and ShakeOut. That's it. That's the only main difference.
6: And I, and I agree with you about, you know, there are a lot of companies and I, I saw the destruction of, of the internet from Wall Street the first time around and, you know, the, 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 it was bloody and there were a lot of companies that deserved to, to get another round of financing um, because because we all, you know, move like sheep in these big herds and we follow the leader, you know, Wall Street just cut off the money and the venture guys cut off the money. But to your point, you know, when we were at Jupiter, we, you know, and, and even where we went after after that, we didn't see the traditional marketers necessarily cutting their interactive budgets. They might have grown slowly, but they never gave up on the medium.
8: Yeah, yeah And again, this is got to happen in perspective. I mean, growth, we never retreated. Growth stable. and that was the big panic in 2000, 2002. Growth was slowing, but again, continued to grow. And those numbers we used to throw around back in 96, 98, about a $10 billion industry, you know, now everyone can... Kiss our collective asses because we were right. Yeah? Well, we're going to be a twenty billion dollar industry in a couple of years. Even more. And again, it can. T- you know, here's the thing. It's it's a larger point about interactive being this catalyst for more accountable marketing, right? So it's not just interactive. It's like stuff like TV that is vague and unclear about what consumers are doing about it. will lose money to other places that are not. And right now, the internet is one of those places that is very very accountable. But you know, outdoor. TV, even eventually radio, as all these guys improve their counting or methodology, dollars are going to go there too.
6: Absolutely. And and there's still so many more dollars out there. I mean, I had Ted McConnell from P&G on a panel today. They they still only spend 1.4% of their $6 billion a year on interactive or digital. I mean, you know, they just shift another 5% over the next two years. That's a lot of dollars.
8: And again, you got a, I don't know the exact figure, but assuming even with the recent announcement that they're shifting it away from TV, a lot of that's on TV and TV is the you know, it's like the Internet was maybe four years ago. It's a dog. No, no one likes better to kick a dog when it's down than an advertiser. And right now, TV is the dog that they want to kick. They want to kick the guys who measure it. They want to blame consumers for not watching it. And they want to blame their agencies for not telling them what to do with the money, but they're still going to be there for a while.
6: Talk to me about uh, ad tech a little bit it's It's crazy here um, it's our largest show in in the history of ad tech you know you've been following some of the emerging stuff you had a mobile panel going like you know the, the sorry the gaming panel going and you talk to me about the the, the gaming
8: situation. and PlayStation launch today or tomorrow it, it, it's, it's coming up it's, it, it's coming up it's not quite launched yet, but I mean I think the, the bigger picture is again. The nature of consumer interactivity, time shifting, that's all established. The questions are, where else is it going to happen and how is it going to impact primarily this kind of PC-based Internet? And I think the two areas that are most interesting is gaming, where you have 40, 000, 40 million consoles in the U.S. right now. And these are people who are, you know, as a gamer myself, I can tell you the line between gamer and, like, divorced guy. is a very, very thing. You get a very, very focused, fanatical, high-volume experience there that is potentially very, very lucrative and interesting to advertisers. If the model is figured out correctly, mobile as well. You know, to say that there are more phone, mobile phones in this country than indoor toilets is probably an overstatement, but not by all that much at this point in time. It's another highly immersive, lean forward. You know, I'm looking at an environment where it is very much like the internet in '96, so very nascent. No one understands the models. All consumer research points to tolerance for advertising. So I think when I think about kind of interactive marketing, I think about those types of areas as being places I'm certainly going to spend my time focusing on and they're going to be the most interesting because they're the most kind of, you know, throw it up against the wall and see what kind of sticks type of thing, right?
6: All the all the sessions you've been in and, and, and that I've been in today as well, I mean, it, and, and we're analysts and we've covered the business and we should be, you know, pretty educated about it, but is there anything that really surprised you? Anything that you heard that like was either news to you or you were surprised that someone from a certain company or industry said something or what what, what surprised
8: you or what did you learn today? I mean, to be jaded, I would say that, you know, there's only so many ways you can talk about consumer interactivity and business models changing. I tend to think it's interesting how the vocabulary changes. We talk a lot about engagement in this way that I don't really know if anyone knows what the hell that means. Um, So I tend to think that I haven't learned anything new. Again, I appreciate the focus and the seriousness and the disciplines and the framework people bring to a fairly old idea.
6: Anything on this? We're on this uh, trade show floor, actually, and 330 exhibitors. And you know, what uh, wh- what what strikes you uh, about the buzz and the energy up here? Or what strikes you about these companies? And we were just talking about them before we went on the air. You know, are we going to see some cont- consolidation here? I mean, are there some me-too companies, or what do you think's going on on this on the trade show floor?
8: I give you the larger perspective from the first ad Jupiter ad show online advertising show in 1996, where we could barely get 20 people to actually exhibit there. This is massive, I and mean, this is like. Again, mature industry, this is pretty close to like a DMA-type show where you have multiple vendors doing very, very narrow things, a lot of vendors doing broad things. Will there be consolidation? At this point, I think it's more of a question of where will evolution take us, right? So will you see, you know, does a client like dealing with 20 people or 10 people? We all know the answer from the agency side is 10 people. So in the service provider space, there's always commoditization. It always makes sense for two guys doing more or less the same thing to partner up. To my mind, it's more about, you know, or is anyone building out a comprehensive solution for doing something across multiple platforms in the digital space? You know, who is a double click looking to buy or a 24-7 or any of these types of guys? On the back end, less familiar with the space, but how are those guys going to consolidate? How are the mobile, the third screens and those types of guys trying to expand into other markets beyond the mobile thing? Uh, massive and all these types of guys. So it's about expansion new opportunities. And honestly, with these shows, you always got to hope two years from now, there's 50 companies we're not even seeing today that are in this space bringing kind of new innovative models to the business, right?
6: And we hope they're all exhibiting as well. Um, (laughs)
8: That's a rule. We don't want to talk about them.
6: Um, you know, we got to wrap it up here pretty quick. But you know, t- talk to me about you know other sessions that you found interesting. Whether is you know what's happening in the game. Well, you know, mobile. I mean, or agencies. I mean, you just talked. You just mentioned agencies. Maybe we'll go there for a second. You know, are, are, are agencies feeling? Are you getting the the deer in the headlights? Like, oh my God, everything is changing. And we're supposed to be helping, and you know, or are you hearing like some pretty savvy thoughts and some pretty savvy strategies from agencies?
8: It's interesting. It depends who you talk to. I mean, for a long time, I had always thought that. The internet is the agency's opportunity to get back the brand. You know, agencies used to be the brand shepherds. Then the brand took away because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. I really do kind of feel, on average, agencies are a little more clued in than the than the their clients at this point in time. Especially with the kind of proliferation of multiple types of interactivity, the whole untethering of media, and the just the like the bottom dropping out of TV. I think it's taken a lot of these guys by surprise. And I think, look. It's not 1996, 98. All these guys have very competent interactive arms. The interactive guys are fairly senior within the organization, a lot of the better agencies. So I think this is, you could look at the agency making a serious impact on the way the space is being defined versus initially with the Internet, where I think the agencies are playing a lot of catch-up in the smaller CKs is these types of guys who are really handing their lunch to more traditional agencies. I guess also the question is, will you see more new agencies emerge? At this point in time, I don't really see that. Like, will will an agency.com, is there another one of those around the corner? Uh, is, is,
6: there room, is there room for another sort of next generation set of agencies with all the emerging platforms? I mean, you know, do the traditional agencies or even the established interactive independents that are left, you know, are they really understanding what's going on with gaming? Are they understanding what's going on with blogging? Are they understanding the next generation stuff? It's,
8: it's interesting. I mean, uh, history would show us that the way most of these guys will work is they'll have, you know, the add-on competencies through small shops that specialize. My own personal opinion has always been you want a suite of products. So if you believe, and this is the most abused term of the century, if you believe in 360-degree marketing, right, you got to put it together easy. And if it's a pain in the ass, I mean, this is right now the problem with mobile and gaming, is like, you can't do that 360 because it's a little too complicated to work in there. So if agencies are serious about it, if they think it has benefit for the clients, and if the economics work, they got to be able to bring those people in the room and say, here's your 360 degrees, how much of it do you want? And I think that's going to push them into the direction of not just faking these companies, yeah. but really building that and putting them together. I
6: don't think I heard a publisher today or a media company not talk about 360.
8: You know what? I'd like to, every time I hear someone say that, I'd like to say two questions. What, the, what do you mean by that? Definitions will vary, you know, depending on actual mileage. And have you ever seen it or done it? And I guarantee you, most of the time, the answer is, something different from every person. It's like when I look behind me when I market, right? Or it's like, well, no, I heard about this one guy who did it somewhere. Or they'll say, yeah, what'd you do? Well, we had a, t- we had a campaign on TV and in the internet. 360.
6: Well, I think we're going to end it up on that note that the word of the day is 360, courtesy of Evan Neufeld. It's the, it's the, it's the word of the day. And we'll be uh, right back after this message.
1: Live coverage from the show floor at AdTech. From webmasterradio.fm, the official radio station for
4: AdTech. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust and nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch shakespeare you need to differentiate yourself from your competition do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of jupiter media the nhl and lionsgate films among others moniker.com is the most secure ican accredited register on the planet offering you domain registration hosting domain sales and acquisition services wrap that up with 24 7 support that's your winning combination moniker.com more than a name Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PRWeb was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PRWeb has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PRWeb is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PRWeb is here to help you thrive in the marketplace and the media PR web.
2: Flashback November 2004 A brand new radio station launched onto the world Wide Web. That station was WebmasterRadio.fm. Today, Webmaster Radio is one of the fastest-growing internet media outlets in the world. The world. Webmaster Radio boasts one of the most respected talk radio lineups in the internet business world. Danny Sullivan, Chris Cole, Susan Brat, Jim Hedger, Barry Schwartz, Jeremy Schumaker, Ryan and Jeffrey Eisenberg, Niles, Katie Kepner. We travel coast to coast to bring you the most extensive and detailed live coverage of the most high-profile trade shows in the world. At Tech, Search Engine Strategy, RSA, Webmaster World, DMA, Ecom Expo. And we have brought you keynote speeches and interviews of some of the biggest influential names in business today. Eric Schmidt, Andrew Hayward, Barry Dillon, John Patel, Keith us and way too many others to mention. Our live programming and on-demand podcasting keeps the B2B world informed. We are WebmasterRadio.fm, and we're everywhere.
0: You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment, Webmaster Radio. FM. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. Webmaster We're everywhere. <laughs> Now back to AdTech Connect,
4: only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back
2: to AdTech Connect. Thank you for joining us. We now return you to highlights from AdTech New York 2006.
1: Ghost to ghost and worldwide, WebmasterRadio.fm presents the best in trade show coverage from around the planet. Now, webmasterradio.fm, the official radio station for AdTech presents live coverage from the show floor at AdTech. We now bring you an AdTech spotlight,
4: sponsored by Paperpost, the consumer-generated advertising network spread buzz throughout the blogosphere and kickstart your viral marketing campaign at paperpost.com. Viva la revolution! From the trade show floor, here's our roving reporter.
7: That's great, right, folks. I'd like to welcome you to this continuing coverage live from New York. New York AdTech 2006, and I'm here with Paul Sagan, the CEO of Akamai. How are you?
9: I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here today.
7: Can I tell you, uh, this conference has been a buzz, uh, especially around multimedia. Um, and I'm very proud to say that Webmaster Radio has, has just signed our contract with Akamai. We'll be joining your, your family as well. Um, talk to me a little bit about user-generated content and, and persons looking to uh, delivery mechanisms. And, and, and um, this is really becoming a hot topic these days.
9: Well, let me start by welcoming Webmaster Radio to the Akamai family. We deliver 20,000 of the world's most popular web domains every day. We deliver about 20% of all web traffic worldwide, and we're thrilled to have your programming as well. And what we've seen over the last five years is just an incredible proliferation of video and audio content enabled by broadband. So what had to happen was you had to have enough end users who could get your rich media. And now that that's happened, we've achieved what I call prime time in broadband, which is enough people with broadband at home or at work or both that you can find your audience to consume your content, whether it's sports, news, information, movies, what have you. And it's created all sorts of challenges on the Internet infrastructure, which was never built to do what people are trying to do with it now, which is make it a real-time medium for the richest content. It was built for a little bit of email among a few people who knew each other. And what Akamai does is make that a platform for global distribution of a great online experience. And we're seeing more and more sites, whether it's everything from iTunes and we're the infrastructure that supports iTunes worldwide to major league sports um, enterprises that are now selling online game subscriptions and you can watch the game online, or just commerce sites that have to richen up their media to compete. We're seeing this proliferation of content. And it's really interesting on the commerce side because just did some research that says that the average user will wait only four seconds or less before they leave your site. So the performance has to be television-like. So people are looking to an outsourced shared platform like Akamai to get that kind of performance. Then you have to get user-generated content, really a Web 2.0 kind of challenge, where it's not one-to-many, but it's many-to-many. And it's creating another level of challenge for the infrastructure because people built their websites in a silo model, I'll publish content, I'll control it, then an editor will push a button and move it through a content management system, and then it will get posted and people will effectively see it. With user-generated content, you have thousands of mini-editors on your site all trying to upload content into a system that was only designed to take content from one point. Then you have to have an editing process or even just a, a turnaround process. Maybe you don't even approve it, it's just can it get ingested, indexed, and posted, and then pushed back out to the many. And so what we're seeing is that in a Web 2.0 world, people's infrastructure isn't architected for this at all. And they increasingly turn to Akamai because we have an infrastructure that was always out to many to handle gigantic crowds, but it's also designed to talk in the other direction now. So those many can upload content into a site, and we can handle that so that you're not rebuilding your infrastructure. You're using the Akamai infrastructure to take user-generated content in and then efficiently and quickly put it back out on your site to whoever wants it.
7: Now, when you speak to to user generated content, um, are you finding that this is becoming much more of a rapid craze uh, over, say, the last twelve months, with with like the YouTubes um, and, and and you know users just looking to, to to express themselves? So you know this 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 fascination with video. It seems to be a rampant thing. So, so from from where you sit, your your infrastructure, you kind of have to be ready to handle anything. Anything goes, right? How do you plan for you know those types of of, of unbelievable changes in, in in a technological growth area for delivery? That's that's got to be a pretty pretty major challenge.
9: Well, first, I'll say user-generated content. It's not new. We've had it throughout. We had it in news groups. We had it in, in threads. So users have always wanted to push their own content before, but it was only a text opinion. What we're now getting with video is, you know, fully produced, often competitively quality produced content. And it's so rich that the infrastructure demand really taxes sites. Now at Akamai, we always prepare for scale. Our system today delivers responses to 100 billion requests a day for content. So we're designed for scale. We're designed for high-def quality video streaming, for programming that's simultaneously going to hundreds of thousands of users, and long form, so hours-long sporting events, not just two-minute clips, the um, short attention span theater that we've seen a lot of. So we're equipped for scale. So user-generated content... Evolving to video, great for us. We're ready to help our customers do it well. But I think that we shouldn't lose track of the consumers doing what they've always wanted to do, which is be part of the process, and it's very exciting.
7: Now, now it, 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 is there, you know, I, I'll tell you from where I sit, I, I've been extremely excited about. The, uh, the Akamai edition um, in, in our business from the standpoint that, that y- you guys do things that I don't think a lot of people who handle multimedia are aware of. I had no idea you could cache a stream, for instance. Um, your, your infrastructure has, has been well thought out, and um, kudos to you guys for that. Um, what do you think is the next big thing that, um, that that'll be a challenge for, for Akamai, but I have a feeling you guys, you're leading in the space. So what, what do you think the next big challenge is gonna be for those um, content and, and media publishers out there?
9: What our customers tell us is that they want to make money, monetize their content. And they've got a list of challenges. The first is distribution. If I build it and the audience comes, does the distribution work? And we've always excelled at that. But our customers are saying, help me with content management for video. My system doesn't handle that. How do I ingest and get content up? How do I track it and get good reporting? We did a lot of work in web page reporting. So down to the URL, what got seen by geography, give me demographics. Now they're saying with video, how many streams got played? Where did they get played? And how much... Right. Did the person come for five seconds and click off? Did they watch the whole thing and then watch a second? So great challenges on reporting and then on performance measurements. So we spend a lot of time working on what's the stream quality to the end user. And finally, a big thing that's coming is syndication. And we're now introducing tools that let our customers syndicate their content. So you think of it this way. I build it. I have my website. I have my audience. But what about if I could syndicate that content out and put rules around it? There are certain sites I want to send it to, and I share revenue. There are certain sites I send it to I don't share it, but it's promotion. Then there are other sites that are deep linking into my content and kind of they're putting their own ads on it, and that's not part of the deal. We're giving our customers the ability to say, if these sites bring the traffic in, serve it. If these sites serve it but maybe only a little bit or a lower quality, and if these other sites show up or there are sites that aren't on my list, don't serve it at all. And so we're building into our network those kind of controls so that we don't get in our customers' way. We don't sell ads against your customers. But business rule sets. Business rule sets, highly dynamic, in real time, so you can control and build your business.
7: There you have it, folks. Powerful, powerful statements there because I, I'm, I, as we discussed this, I have been right in the midst of these very questions for the last, you know, 90 days, and um, I, I've i found that your solutions are truly, you know, one of the one of the only places I, I went to find everything that I needed, um, because multimedia now is in that um, arena of of oh my god, I need to quantify it. Um, uh, kudos to you also for giving back to those of us publishers, web services APIs so that we can customize our own stats. Um, do, you, do you often encourage you know, your user base to, to you know, give you feedback, tell you what works, what doesn't?
9: We've always been close to our customers. That's how we've continued to move our services forward. So whether it's customer advisory board or surveying our customers, we try to get input. One of the things they said they wanted was, you know, there is no plain vanilla infrastructure. We're all a little different even though we're all trying to make money. So give us APIs, give us data streams, let us mine your logs the way we want to, give us real-time reporting that we can ingest into our system if we don't like your GUI or your interface. So we've tried to be very flexible. And what we've seen is we have more than 2,000 customers, no two are alike.
7: Got to love it. Paul Sagan from Akamai. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. We hope to have you on the air soon. And, of course, folks, uh, you'll continue to hear Webmaster Radio streaming very, very soon, coming from Akamai. Thank you very much.
1: Live coverage from the show floor at AdTech. From webmasterradio.fm, the official radio station for AdTech.
4: Sponsored by Paperpost, the consumer-generated advertising network, spread buzz throughout the blogosphere and kickstart your viral marketing campaign at paperpost.com. Viva la revolution. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with PaperPost, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at PaperPost will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through PaperPost. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Viva la Revolucion! Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to AdTech Connect.
2: Thank you for joining us. We now return you to highlights from AdTech New York 2006
1: coast to coast and worldwide webmasterradio.fm presents the best in trade show coverage from around the planet. Now, webmasterradio.fm, the official radio station for AdTech, presents live coverage from the show floor at AdTech. We now bring you an AdTech spotlight
4: sponsored by Paperpost, the consumer-generated advertising network spread buzz throughout the blogosphere and kickstart your viral marketing campaign at paperpost.com. Viva La Revolution. From the trade show floor, here's our roving reporter.
5: Hi everyone, this is Brandi Shapiro-Babin and we are, you know what, I'm looking at a show floor that I think that's meant to close in a few minutes and it is packed. We are at AdTech and this is Tuesday and I'm very happy to have with me Sarah Fay who is the president of Isobar US and she actually resides in my hometown. Welcome Sarah. Thanks for having me, Brandy. This is terrific. So Sarah and I were doing a little prep work prior to the interview, and I realized, oh my goodness, we have so many things to talk about. Let's stop enjoying each other's company, and let's get right into it. You keynoted, uh, and your keynote was really uh, regarding online video and sort of the State of the Union as far as where it's going. What are some of like the, the, the touch points in regard to video and this new media going forward?
3: So as, as a company, as a media-oriented company, we are very focused on consumer behavior and what's happening there and where it's going, and there's no doubt in my mind that video is becoming a bigger and bigger part of where uh, consumers are spending their time online. And I think, you know, if, if you look at, like, some indicators of that... Um, I just recently saw a study that said uh, the number of people who have downloaded TV shows on the web, which is still early adopter behavior, has doubled in the last year. Um, also, I think it's an indicator that like, the biggest news story, the bi- biggest online video news story to date has um, on MSNBC was Steve Irwin's death. Um, MSNBC uh, um, experienced uh, 2 million downloads in just one day of one video on Steve Irwin's death, which, you know, granted was a big story, but not Hurricane Katrina magnitude. So to, to me, it just says that more and more today, consumers are looking for media in video format online and are, and are predisposed to participate um, with the medium in that way. I mean,
5: I, I agree with you that people are predisposed as something that they're used to. But when do you, because people are really beginning to incorporate sometimes media where it's not needed. Like, where, are some, where is it good to engage people by using video? And then sometimes where does video maybe lead to
3: abandonment? Well, I think that, you know, you, you need to pay attention to what your watch times look like in video. And, and we've actually um, been able to determine that our average watch time is 23 seconds um, in video and, you know, it's, it's incumbent on the creative product to hold the user's attention. So, you know, I always, I think we're, we're our, the end game is to get the user to spend more time with the brand and video is one way to do that. But again, you, you have to use your creative tools to keep the user with you
5: and to understand who your consumers are so that you can keep them engaged and you can involve them on a continual basis. And like you said, keep generating, you know, more buzz for your brand or more loyalty toward your brand. What's one of the campaigns that you've done that you love the most that you think really uh, employs and empowers some of these new technologies?
3: One of my favorite campaigns to date has been... um the adidas program that we did with myspace um and it incorporated all types of different formats including video we were um able to create an area within uh myspace called myadidas.com it took advantage of the craze around world cup and we provided tools to the users to be able to build their own advertisements and to um to incorporate adidas into their own websites and Uh, in the course of this campaign we had 55,000 people make Adidas their friend on their website and we had 22,000 of them build their own advertisements And it's powerful to us because what this gives to Adidas is the credibility of being recommended or validated from one friend to another versus just sending out a great message to tell someone. Um, We really believe strongly that the brands that will win will be those whose consumers tell each other the best stories, not necessarily the ones who tell the best stories to their consumers. And this was just a great platform for being able to do that.
5: I love stories like that. And you know what? Like, it it makes sense. And the thought that, you know, because on Webmaster Radio, I get a kick when, you know, people send us fan mail. I think that's so terrific. But people may think to say nice things about us or not nice things about us, but for someone to actually act on it is huge. That means that you have, you know, you have their focus and their bandwidth, which is a really big thing to ask of someone, especially from, I would assume, from a consumer-oriented standpoint. So to enroll someone into actually making an advertisement, (laughs) for Adidas <laughs> is, is great because at the end of the day, and I find this interesting for me, the lines now are becoming so blurred between you know, PR, marketing, and advertising where PR used to be the red-haired stepchild. You know, people are becoming benign now to traditional advertising and they're looking more toward that third-party endorsement and you can't get any better than fans or potential fans actually you know, carrying the gauntlet for the company name.
3: You're absolutely right, and we we believe PR plays a big role, and that you can instigate PR through buzz-oriented marketing. Um, one of our agencies, Ammo, um, is you know is a. Uh, th- expert in creating events that people talk about so that the message gets carried from one person to another. Um, When we launched EA's Godfather game, as a for instance, um, uh, ammo marketing seeded three cities with 30,000 oranges um, that had the godfather.com URL um, posted onto them. And you have to know the story of the oranges with the Godfather. I don't know if you know about the oranges in the Godfather, but... um, it's symbolic of a birth or a death that's going to take place in the film. And real Godfather fans know this. And we, we figured that the Oranges themselves would inspire a story between people. It would either create a question in people's minds or it would inspire a story from someone who really knew about the Godfather to other people. And we had, um, we had about a 10% response rate from the Oranges to the website and then a huge viral pass along from that. So it was a, a great way to k- kind of bring together event, buzz, um, and online, and then we had a big PR result um, because obviously the Oranges got covered in the press. <laughs>
5: <laughs> all right, we love the Oranges, that sounds so great, that sounds so funny. So let me ask you a question, because I mean, you are doing so many great things with new media, and then you have the ability, because of all the various you know, business units that you hold, to, to um, create these various programs and then have them span across the board with new media is it ever scary what kind of a case do you have to make to these big brands to say hey we're going to do something with you that's never been done before I don't know I mean how much can you actually promise them
3: yeah it's very scary um, for many brands to put themselves out there that way And um, there's, I mean, it has to go through legal, you know, there are obviously a lot of risks if you're creating a a format for people to talk to each other around your brand. I mean, we we actually did a MySpace area for, for Motorola as well. And, I mean, that happens to be a brand that people are very excited about. It was for the, the Motorola Q, and people ended up saying things like, I love my Q, or I just ordered my Q, and it's coming in two weeks, or who will buy me a Q? But obviously, people could have said negative things too. And I think that you just have to evaluate, you know, are, are the good aspects of this program, are the powerful aspects going to outweigh the risks? And can we mitigate the risks by addressing them um, you know, as the company in those formats in, in helpful ways. I mean, I, I, I think that marketers have to realize they're not entirely in control of the brand message no matter what they do. And um, they, they make themselves very real to people by putting themselves out there and by trusting the consumer to participate.
5: I agree with you. I think that P.E. are finding that, A, we have a bit of a forgiving audience, and if you approach someone with honesty and integrity, you can enroll them. So let's say with Motorola, okay, um, maybe you had an issue with a, with a Motorola phone, but now you're able to actually hear, and for, honestly, from a consumer why they didn't have a good experience with Motorola. It's not a focus group. It's not something elaborate. You are just getting blatant information back that's positive on top of, you know, obviously the the positive buzz that you're getting from there. And, you know, it's just from my cover story radio show, we discuss this a lot, that the feedback that we get is if a company is being honest, even if they make mistakes, even if their CEO does something really horrible, (laughs) And they come out and say, look, this is us. We're sorry. And you know what? You're the people that help us to to be better. People are much more willing to get on board and help a company be successful, even if it's no benefit to them, or seemingly no benefit to them.
3: That is right, too. You know, as marketers, we have to stop trying to be so perfect. In fact, people like imperfection. They run to that. We're all human beings. So it's, you know... People want to hear you talk in real tones. They want to see the real what's behind the curtain. And this is one way to help that happen for them.
5: Now, do you think it's because, you know, we we always have this conversation here about people being benign to advertising sometimes. So now you have to create something that's not like your general advertising message. And that people now, because of the onset of blogs and all sorts of these social networks, like, they want to be able to touch and feel you. And it's this whole real thing that's perpetuating... I sort of lost my train of thought. Finish my sentence for me. Would you finish my sentence for me? We're going to edit this. Can we edit this part, please? Edit me.
3: It's definitely perpetuating. It's going to go more in this direction where marketers and their consumers become closer and closer, and there's a real back and forth conversation that's happening. What's important at this point is that marketers listen to the consumers and respond. And there are so many ways of incorporating needs, responses, wants, you know, responding to what what people have to say in the course of the programs, getting them to to participate in lots of different ways. And we see, you know, social networking when added to any type of program tends to um, improve the results.
5: So here's here's a power broker, and this, in my mind, is a true power broker. Absolutely unassuming, not to say you aren't lovely looking, um, beautifully presented, but just one of the most genuine people that I've met. And she listens. You know, I think that you're the kind of person you keep your finger on the pulse because you're open to hearing what other people are doing, how they're doing it, and um, yeah, really intelligent and smart and inspiring to listening to. I think you get my vote as like the most interesting interview today. So thank you, Ms. Sarah Fay. We uh, will enjoy having you back, and we're live again from AdTech. Live coverage from the show floor at
1: AdTech. From webmasterradio.fm, the official radio station for AdTech.